Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari here at the South Point Sportsbook Studio with Wes Reynolds. And Vinny Maiulo is back by popular demand on a Wednesday. We have a lot to go through, of course. Uh, Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel will be on Follow the Money all week long. That's where you can find them. We're in, subbing in, as Wes said, though. Not the B team here, all right? We are the varsity, Danielle. Varsity. Right. We B are in the varsity team here. B is in best. Especially with Vinny up oh, here. I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to be on set no. with Vinny, the best dressed man at the network. Listen, but I got to have this back by 450. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's... let's dive into uh, some drama going on. I feel like right now the Packers fans are like the kids in the middle of a very messy divorce. And it's just a new story comes out every day, it seems like. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just going back and forth. Uh, Packers said they're not trading Aaron Rodgers. He said he's not interested in returning to the team. He seems particularly unhappy with their fourth-year GM, Brian Gutkunst. Did I say that right, Wes? I believe so. Is that the German? We should ask the, Kelly The Bidlin. son of the former longtime Gophers head coach, Gutkunst, uh, back Gutekunst. in the 1980s. Very good, Wes. That's This makes me want, like, a pretzel or something. Okay, so Gutkunst... <laughs> uh, Believed to have made the call to draft quarterback Jordan Love in the 2020 NFL draft. What did he think would happen? But again, it is a GM's job to think about the future of the team as well. Uh, I don't know if he made the right decision there. Uh, But now there's news coming out that Rodgers in private group chats with his teammates is referring to him as Jerry Krause. For those of you who don't know, Krause was the GM of the Chicago Bulls during their run of six NBA Mm -hmm. championships. And... Uh, as we saw in the last dance last year, loathed by Michael Jordan for some of the personnel moves that he made that Jordan did not agree with. So Aaron Rodgers kind of putting himself uh, as the Michael Jordan in this situation. You what know, do you think of this? Uh, first of all, uh, the fact that it's public is, is you know, it's just, it's drama, right? Okay. Right. So, and, and it's going to get public because there's no, there are no secrets out there anymore. Uh, of course, the Packers, they're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers until they hear the right offer. Right. So, I mean, that's thats the first. Everybody's got a price. Meanwhile, a couple of years ago, uh, when Aaron Rodgers signed his, what is it, $100 million, $100 million uh, extension, uh, he was thrilled with the organization and the direction of the organization and uh, was uh, thrilled about the uh, prospect of finishing career, his career, his entire career, uh, in Green Bay. So things change, obviously. Uh, there's a lot more to this. Uh, but again, stay tuned. Don't be surprised as to what happens here. I was just with Chris Andrews, our director, too, talking yeah, about regular. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are the odds still off the board? Or? Yeah, no, the, the odds are up, but it's very conservative. You know, yes. there's not, you're not going to give out too big a price, certainly uh, on the Packers or anybody else that's in, you know, rumored to be. The Broncos is a classic example, yeah. right? So, uh, but also regular season wins. Uh, we're also going to wait till the 12th. The, the schedule comes out on the 12th, too. So the sequence right, I know of Wes the schedule. mentioned yeah. wanting to see those before you handicap. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but right now it's uh, it's just uh, uh, you know very conservative approach with futures right now, Wes. And Rogers under contract to 2023, yeah. but no more guaranteed money on mm-hmm. the deal. Mm-hmm. So obviously that could be a little bit of an opening. When you're talking about trading, we don't have kind of that Brady Garoppolo situation a few years ago mm-hmm. in New England where they dealt Jimmy G to the Niners. They can't really do that. I guess they could with love, but you're just not going to get the value. The value when you're a first-round pick is the year you're the first-round pick. So it's like, okay, we're trading an unproven first-rounder at this standpoint. What are you going to get for that if you're Green Bay? And just looking at Rodgers right now, the the GM-player relationship is not good. He seems to get along well with Matt LaFleur, the head coach, even though he didn't like, I think, the decision to kick that field goal Mm -hmm. in the NFC Championship game. But... 
He got along with Mike McCarthy originally, too, until he didn't, until that reached the point of no return. So there is always drama with Aaron Rodgers. And and look, he is looking at the landscape right now and seeing mm-hmm. Tom Brady win Super Bowls at over Call 40 years old. Yep. So he's trying to do that. Now, Tom Brady was a clean, uh, free and clear free agent, right. and Aaron Rodgers is not. So, look, we're getting this daily soap opera. Uh, I made a comment. I was on Lombardi Line earlier with Brady Cannon, and we have the monitors on here in our studios and both of the national sport network shows were like Aaron Rodgers to the Browns. How about that? Or Aaron Rodgers to the saints. We're going to get on. about 32 of those segments Come for each on. team. That's what they're going to do. Cause they got to fill content uh, for these programs. So they're going to be Relatable. discussing we that. We know what that's like. Yeah. E- e- exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, we shall see what, what, what is going to happen here. And I agree with the South points approach that Vinny and Chris are taking, make this a lot more conservative at this standpoint. All right. Well, you can actually bet where Aaron Rodgers will take his first snap if he takes a snap this season. We'll get into that and more coming up right here on My Guys in the Desert. This is My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari. I'll be your host this week with Wes Reynolds. We have Matt Humans and JVT on Follow the Money all week long. And in on a Wednesday, Vinny Maiulo as well. We were just kind of breaking down all of the Aaron Rodgers Packers drama. There's something new every day. The Packers say they're not trading the quarterback. I think Mm -hmm. Vinny's right. Maybe for the right price they would. And he said he doesn't want to return. Another angle on this, Brett Favre has voiced how he thinks this is going to go. He kind of said, based on his gut, he thinks that he's going to sit out rather than play. Uh, He doesn't think Mm -hmm. that his problem is with the fans or the Packers organization necessarily that way, but it's more with the top officials, Mm -hmm. the GM. Uh, So with that in mind, you can take a look at what team you think he's going to take his first snap of this coming season on. The Packers are the favorite at minus 125. They don't have to trade him. Uh, the Broncos, 2-1. to one, The Raiders, 5-1. to one. So as Vinny mentioned, a lot of those are off the board in some places uh, because we're not sure where Aaron Rodgers is will end up taking a snap and if he will you know it's it's also when, when you look at the division right mm-hmm. and and right now as we speak uh, and before we get off the air today we'll get the uh, the sheet with the division prices here here yeah. at south point and they've, and they've been up in some spots which is fine mm-hmm. uh, right now you still have to have the packers as the favorites and they're probably going to be about two to three so a dollar fifty right. favorite uh, but I, th- I would keep an eye on certainly the Vikings and the Bears, right? You don't necessarily – and the reason for that is because not that uh, Aaron Rodgers may go to either of those teams. It's that if he does leave the Packers, mm-hmm. then those two are going to be, you know, one In of – contention. Uh, certainly the Vikings probably the, uh, the, the favorites, although the Bears are going to get a lot of – a lot of interest too, right, West, based on their draft and, and things like that. So sure, it's 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 a little tricky right now. Are you already so, seeing action on the Vikings and the Bears? Vikings, yeah, Vikings, people yeah. came in, right? Yeah, Vikings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're the most proven team in that yeah. division, so rightfully so. We don't know what's going to happen in Chicago if Andy Dalton's right. going to go ahead and get the start, or if they're just going to go Justin Fields right away. Obviously, they paid Andy Dalton mm-hmm. ten million dollars, so he's going to get at least you would think the first crack at it. But it's kind of ironic you mentioned. Brett Favre because Mm -hmm. the Packers have been down this road before Mm -hmm. when Aaron Rodgers
Raiders, they uh, fell in the draft and uh, they got him when he was coming out of Cal. They asked Brett Favre about it. And he's like, my contract doesn't say that I have to get Aaron Rodgers ready to play. So now hopefully he watches Mm. and gets something, I guess, through osmosis or or something (laughs) of that nature. And Aaron Rodgers certainly has taken the same approach with Jordan Love, the first round pick out of Utah State from a couple years ago. So there's really no mentoring going on. And I can kind of understand, okay, hey, I know I have loyalty, but I've got to focus on me and my career instead of getting the next guy that's going to replace me ready to play. But Green Bay has really been down this road before, and the GM, Gutekunst, who has been part of this organization since, like, the late 90s. I think he started as a scout Mm -hmm. and then worked his way Mm -hmm. up to uh, director of scouting and kind of really worked his way up through the organization. Now he is trying to see if he can assuage what is going on with Rodgers because the new GM here has actually done better than Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson was always criticized in Green Bay because he Mm -hmm. did not get aggressive in free agency. It is a small market team with not an owner. There are stockholders for this team. So it's not like you have one sole owner or family that owns the team. So it's a completely different dynamic. So Green Bay had not been aggressive in free agency really since the Michael Holmgren area era mm-hmm. in the late nineties. So I think you've got, you've obviously got to wait a little bit. Now you've seen it in terms of the next team odds you've seen, I think it already be adjusted in the market. A lot mm-hmm. of that was because Mark Schlereff comes out and says, this is a done deal to Denver as close as a done deal as you can get. So that's why you've seen Denver. I think not only cut in the division a little bit in terms of the Super Bowl odds mm-hmm. in terms of obviously where Rogers will take his next step. John Elway has certainly done this before. He doesn't know how to draft quarterbacks, but he knows how to sign them in free agency or acquire him via trade, i.e. Peyton Manning when he was let go from Indianapolis. Well, we know that one of, the biggest issues Rogers has is he also wants to have a lot of input, a lot of say. He wants mm-hmm. to have input on personnel, who's let go, things like that. Is that something that he's going to find with the Broncos organization? I'm not so sure because what will happen is this, whether it's the Broncos or whoever it is, if he's in fact traded, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a tremendous amount of assets that go uh, – that. Are, yeah, are part of the exit, him. right? To part of the trade. So uh, he's not going to ha- he's not going to have a whole lot of say in that. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to give up. Uh, you're going to go quarterback for quarterback, right? I think that's probably where you start because the mm-hmm. Packers are, are not just going to rely on on love in all likelihood. Uh, and also, it's going to be assets, draft picks. So how much of you know what's he going? Is he going to have a say? Does he want to say in terms of free agents and things like that? Look, it's it's a different era. We know that. Uh, as far as you know, when you tie in the uh, the mentoring aspect of it, it's an immediate. We're in an immediate society. We, right. you know, quarterbacks, especially now coming out of the draft, are expected to have more of an immediate impact on teams, whether yeah. it's to become the starter right away or in a very short period of time. And we've seen that accelerate. So I think when you put all these factors together, uh, you know, it's look, they're they're completely out of sync up there. But again, are we really going to be shocked? that come this summer he's in camp and he's going to be under center for the Packers and they they managed to you know to to rectify this situation and correct it it's Mm. probably not likely but we shouldn't be surprised by any development in this situation and back to the Denver organization Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of drama in that organization Mm -hmm. as well of course Pat Bolin was the longtime owner 
And there was a three-person trust representing the estate. If you look and see who is the owner of the Denver Broncos, it is now the estate of Pat Bowen. Pat Bowen wanted his entire uh, family, his seven children, to inherit the franchise. Right. Never really specified, who? okay, which of you? So now right. there's fighting amongst the family. John Elway is still there as the president of football ops. I believe he still has the final say. But they did bring George Payton in from the Minnesota Vikings, who'd been there for about 14 years. He is now the general manager so you've got a lot of moving parts there in Denver so it's not like they have just a free and clear organization where right. you know top down structure this is how it's going to be and by the book a lot of moving parts there in Denver so that's kind of a, a shaky situation you would say at least in the front office and would he want to move to the AFC West too do you think that conference is something that comes in mind or does he just want out of Green Bay period I think at this point it looks like he wants out of Green Bay. Does he want to remain, you know, go to a contender? Yes, but I think when you look at the the AFC West, we talked about mm-hmm. it certainly on on uh, yesterday and on Monday. The fact of the matter is, it's a very competitive division. Right. Uh, it's going to remain a competitive division. The way there were three playoff teams uh, out of the AFC North last year. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. I think there's going to be, it could very well be three teams out of the AFC West. Yeah, like this nobody's year, bad right? in that division yeah. Mm-hmm. at yeah. all. And very then competitive. you're, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are the 800 pound gorilla in the AFC West. So you got to right. play those guys two times. But I do think there's something maybe to Rodgers wanting to go out West. He obviously grew up in mm-hmm. Chico, California. So yep. everybody obviously thinks 49ers or thinks the Las Vegas Raiders, if they could put together some kind of package for him. But, there's going to be all the speculation because he's a guy, I think, at this stage of his career, if you can get the deal done and you don't have somebody in place like a Mahomes or a real high-end quarterback, you try to make do and see what you can do and do the win right now, which is kind of what the Rams are doing when they traded for Matt Stafford. We talked about it yesterday where they have like $120-some million tied up and basically like five players. Well, they're going to win right now. They're not worried about five years from now. Right. Right. Well, it's funny you mentioned, too, that he's from Chico. That just brings me back. He was he was a junior college football player. People forget. And then you look at Tom Brady and what round was he selected in, right? Mm-hmm. So you have these kind of elite quarterbacks. And just in light of the draft lately, it's important to remember, right? These first-round picks don't always end up being the most successful ones. And I think Aaron Rodgers has always played with that chip on his shoulder. So we'll see how the drama unfolds there. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Usually we don't go back to last night too much, but we'd like to because, of course, there's play-in and playoff things in consideration Warriors Pelicans last night the Pelicans kept their playoff hopes alive 108 to 103 win over the Warriors after the lights went out during the third quarter that's the only way that you can probably shut down Steph Curry Uh, he had 35 points before that happened after he made one for 11 and zero from six from three-pointer he scored two points in the final 16 minutes of the game so something really switched off for him as well Uh, the Warriors and the Grizzlies now tied for the eight seed you can bet on the Warriors to make the playoffs still. These odds on DraftKings, the yes, plus 108, the no, minus 137. A little bit of a precarious position for the Warriors. Do you think they make it in? I think they can, uh, with as long as, as Curry's in the lineup. Right. Uh, Daniel, right? I think, <laughs> That's it. I mean, with, with obviously, if he, if he can continue to get the minutes, uh, then I think they can. I mean, they did bet the Warriors last night, too, so the, I think there'll be some backing for the Warriors, mm-hmm. uh, not only in games, but to yet for, for the yes price there, too. So uh, I think they can play their way in. When, when, you, when you consider 
if you look at uh, who they're ahead of, right? The Grizzlies, Spurs, and Pelicans are going to be favored over those teams. Yeah. So, uh, and again, you know, can they beat the Blazers? Uh, yeah, if, if if they get a couple more pieces back, uh, the Warriors, I mean. But uh, they, they should remain ahead of the Grizzlies, Spurs, and Pelicans, in my opinion, Wes. The schedule is certainly favorable for Golden State. You have the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. for two games consecutively at home. We know the Thunder are pretty much done. They were yep. down at one point mm-hmm. almost 68 points to the Indiana Pacers last Saturday, my hometown team, who have their own problems. So <laughs> you got to think, you got to be able to beat the Thunder at home two mm-hmm. straight. Then you get the two top teams in the West right now, back-to-back, the Jazz and the Suns, and then you close with the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. So you are going to be home for your final six games. So you're thinking probably you go four and two or maybe even three and three on that homestand. Mm-hmm. You're going to have enough to keep that eight spot. Yeah. You brought up the Suns. How about the Suns? Can you believe seeing them, how high they are in the standings now? Uh, Suns-Cavs games last night, I'm sure everybody has talked about this in terms of a bad beat. This game went to overtime. The Suns were 12-and-a-half point favorites, and they Mm -hmm. covered. They covered in overtime, 134-118. to Um, Really tough for the Cavs betters last night. Uh, Suns and Jazz remain tied for first in the West, though. Also in the Western Conference, the Clippers... Uh, leap back over the Nuggets for the number three seed, and the Mavs mm-hmm. jump the Lakers for the number five seed. So a little bit of uh, musical chairs still going on there. How far can this Suns team go, though? Well, they they can go they can go far because they're young. They've got some depth. Uh, they believe, uh, and, and I think you know when when you you know you look at the success they've had uh, against some of the top teams, right? Mm-hmm. Now the, the playoffs are a different animal, so right. it's going to take a different mindset. But I think the key for the Suns is going to be the first-round matchup, how they come through the first round, and when they start getting into more uh, veteran-type play uh, against teams like the Clippers and the Lakers, the Lakers are going to get healthy. I mean, I know that we're talking about we'll talk. Well, not, not, direct, not during the regular season. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, you know, and again, we'll, we'll get to the Lakers at some point. But yeah. the fact of the matter is the Suns, if they remain healthy – uh, they're as good as anybody. Couple, you know, last week they were two games behind the Jazz. Now they're, they pulled even with them. So uh, they believe, and I think that they're a very dangerous team. I know this. They're dangerous to the books, uh, there's a, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which, which, again, uh, the folks, you got to tip your cap to, uh, to the belief they had uh, in, in the Suns and taking a chance on them. We know that the Lakers and the Clippers and the, uh, the Nets got a lot of play. Mm-hmm. But the Suns got some speculation play, and uh, good for those folks that have tickets on them. But one thing I'll say about the Suns, it seems like, I mean, I know that they've been bet now at the books, Mm -hmm. and obviously the bookmakers have adjusted them downwards. I don't get the sense that the betting public or a large part of the market might not yet be a believer in this team simply because they're so young. And we talk about the fact that Nikola Jokic is going to be pretty much he's going to win the MVP with the odds on him right now. But I don't know if there has been a player more valuable to his team than Chris Paul has been in Mm -hmm. Phoenix. He's really given this team leadership. He's given them direction. This is a young team with talent, with Booker, with DeAndre Ayton, Monty Williams, the new coach there, new GM there, and James Jones. So this is a team we saw a little spark from them late in the season when they were in the playoff bubble or trying to get in the playoffs. Yeah, and they went undefeated but fell one game short. They didn't get enough cooperation in front of them, so Mm -hmm. they left the bubble basically undefeated but couldn't play in the playoffs, ended up finishing ninth in the West. So you knew that they were going to be improved. 
I didn't know that they were going to be tied with about a week and a half, two weeks ago in the NBA season for the number one seed in the Western Conference. Look, I think that they would probably win a first-round series, but when you get into the playoffs and you mm-hmm. get against these teams like the Jazz and like the Clippers, who were the big uh, face plant last year, the big mm-hmm. disappointment in the mm-hmm. Western Conference playoffs, losing to Denver, and then, you know, you don't want to discount the Lakers, even though they're the favorite simply because they have liability, not because they're the best team in the West right now, but they are the defending champions. So you have to respect that. So Phoenix, I think the market still feels like, okay, you got a little something to prove. I'm from Missouri, so you got to show me here yeah. in the playoffs. <laughs> so that's why I think you're not seeing Phoenix maybe down there in terms of favoritism with the two L.A. teams. I think there'll be value with them, and I think uh, more sophisticated bettors will go go for them and take the points and take the price beyond yeah. the first round. I think Wes brings up an important point. Chris Paul, he has deferred attention. He has been the facilitator and has made this right. The, Compared to his previous couple of stops, right, Mm -hmm. this has been a very, very successful run for him because of his approach and what he's done and what he's meant to the entire team. The fact that he's the the veteran and and, and is helping facilitate, I think he's actually – listen, I'm not comparing him. I'm not saying he's LeBron, but from that (laughs) perspective – being the facilitator, he's the, the veteran and the team leader right now, and that's what makes this team dangerous. Yeah, it's been a great fit for him, definitely. Yeah. The Suns have the Hawks tonight. They're a one-point favorite. Uh, total sitting around 228 here. Wes, any read on this game tonight for the Suns? Nothing really on the side. Kind of lean a little bit to the total. Both of these offenses have been really good since the All-Star break. Atlanta, ninth in offensive rating. Phoenix, third in offensive rating. Of course, Phoenix got that miracle cover. Sorry to Cleveland backers. <laughs> Uh, when you get 12 and a half going into overtime and you lose 20 to four in the OT period and by 16 first drinks on me guys, Phoenix, by the way, 12, five and one to the over on a run. So that would certainly be where I would lean here. Atlanta, by the way, 12 and two ATS at home since the all-star break, Nate McMillan's done a great job taking over for these guys, but nothing on the side would lean to the over at about 228, 228 and a half is where the market is. All right, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time start for that one. I told you I would never want to have to delay 12 and a half points, but they found a way to get that cover home. Stick with us. We're talking MLB next right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Avari here with Wes Reynolds and Vinny Maiulo. We're talking MLB today. Going on right now, Mets at Cardinals, 0-0 to on the top of the first. And um, 
It's busy being a bookie, huh, Vinny? It's not easy that being was, That was me. Oh. I apologize, folks. That was Wes calling one in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also going on, Orioles and Mariners. Uh, they're in the bottom of the seventh here. Orioles ace John Means, a no-hitter through six innings pitch. He's never pitched beyond seven innings. Wes, what's his pitch count at right now? Actually, it is it is more than a no-hitter. It is a perfect game right Look now, I believe, for Seattle here. And he is now through the seventh inning, John Means, oh, with me. 83 yeah. pitches. Wow. Uh, I believe Now uh, through seven, nine strikeouts for John Means. So 3-5-0 for the O's, 0-0-0 for Seattle. We'll see if the, uh, the ends end up justifying the means here and if it ends in a perfect game for the Orioles, who have been, I think, kind of a nice little surprise this year granted it's only a a fifth of the way through the season but 14 and 16 they haven't been bad they've been competitive so far Seattle's been a surprise but they've really come back to earth a little bit because they were red hot Mm -hmm. out of the gate and then all of a sudden uh, reality sets in Seattle was picked to be in the bottom with Texas and the AL West I would expect that that's where they're going to end up but right now they just want to end up getting a hit or getting somebody on base against this guy they did bet the Orioles and the under a little bit in this game. So closed uh, the Mariners uh, minus a dime and the uh, the total a little shade to the under at minus 15 cents at seven and a half. And I, of course, had the no run in the first inning that came through for me, of course. Uh, naturally. Yes, naturally. Don't ask how many of those I bet today. Uh, but let's go back to Mets at Cardinals. Jacob deGrom for the Mets yesterday scratched. Uh, he had right lat inflammation, was getting an MRI, won't throw for a few days, but they didn't put him on the IL. Still the favorite to win the NL Cy Young at Bet MGM. Vinny, is he the pitcher that has the most action for you guys? Yeah, actually, I mean, when you look at him, uh, uh, he, he was definitely one. Uh, but it was such a short short price Daniel right. too so I mean the thing about it is uh, you know with with the Mets they rely so much on him and until mm-hmm. they get the pitching staff healthy you know let's you know, uh, Syndergaard has got to come back uh, and it, it's it's going to be a while but look I, I mean you can't is he still the favorite look at what he's done they just don't get him any runs so <laughs> mm-hmm. he's going to have to live uh, he's going to live and, and survive on his ERA once he gets back into the into the rotation but uh, Bauer got some uh, some attention too because say, at, a, at a price yeah. I mean uh, Trevor Bauer and Sitting at twelve uh, to one there yeah I mean so uh, and then Scherzer too you never you're never out of it with Scherzer but. Uh, the Grom, minus a dime. Think about that, Wes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who I kind of like a little bit down mm-hmm. on the board. I don't know how well they're going to end up finishing the Phillies, but Aaron Nola mm-hmm. has been very good this year mm-hmm. and really low XFIP, really low ERAs, going deep in the game. So it's not like, okay, he's just a five a five inning starter. You look, he averages 10 strikeouts per nine innings, just about a walk and a half. That is very good on those numbers. 335 on the XFIP, 289 on the ERA. He is certainly a possibility, but what Vinny said about DeGrom is true. The pitching, and and throw Marcus Stroman in there too, who is going this afternoon, the first game against St. Louis. Mm -hmm. They've been really good, and they've had to be because the Mets have not hit, and that's why they fired their hitting coaches, including Chili Davis, just a couple days ago. They actually did hit a little bit this weekend against Philadelphia and then Monday night in a 6-5 loss at St. Louis. So they decided to make changes there. And uh, I think our, our guest yesterday had pointed out that, look, this is not like the Wilpons where they yeah. were kind of like hands off. Steve Cohen is going to be a little bit oh, more yeah. involved. They're going to get rid of these coaches. And then the manager you would think would be next. So the Mets have got to start hitting the ball and really helping DeGrom out and also helping Stroman out, getting them some runs. 
runs. Bullpen's been relatively solid this year. I think one of the things that we, and we talked about this early on, right? What a completely different situation this year. With only 60 games last year, there was a sprint, and whoever had those streaks really was actually, in essence, a contender, right? Right. Look at the, the Marlins is a great example. It might take 60 games for these some of these teams to, to really show us their identity. And, and I think the Mets are, are, are an example of that. Look how bad the Yankees started. Now, all of a sudden, the Yankees, you know, very quietly, what did they want, six of seven, and put themselves right back. Uh, in a position. So now, will there be some surprises that remain? Sure, I think so. There's going to be somebody in the mix that's uh, going to stick around. One correction I have to make, there was a wild pitch where a runner reached, so Elias Uh, Sports Bureau confirms not a perfect game for John Means, Mm. but no hitter still very much in play as we go to the bottom of the eighth. Very exciting. We'll keep you updated on that. We're going to talk hockey next, so stick with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. In. The NHL and NBA playoff races are in high gear, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges as the regular season winds down. VSIN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, has all the hoops insights. Every night, they're looking at the teams who are tanking and which squads are playing to save their season so they can find you the best bets on the board. Our experts and the entire VSIN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet, including our 24 7 video cover odds and analysis for every game on vcin.com, our daily members-only best bet emails, and in-depth coverage of every major event in Point Spread Weekly. Now is the time to cash in on the push to the playoffs. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at vcin.com slash subscribe. This is My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Avari here with Wes Reynolds and Vinny Maiulo talking a little bit about the NHL slate tonight. A lot on the line for three teams. They could possibly clinch their playoff spots. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. We have uh, Nashville who can get that final spot in the central Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay are one, two, three, just battling for seeding possibilities. Nashville with the win over Columbus tonight. And if Tampa Bay defeats Dallas, who had a, a very hard luck loss the other night in overtime at Florida, if both of those things happen, Nashville will get that four spot. And then we go to the West Division, the St. Louis Blues right now, Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado, Minnesota Wild, one, two, three, St. Louis a distant fourth. They can clinch tonight if they defeat Anaheim in any fashion. And also if the Arizona Coyotes can knock out the Los Angeles Kings in regulation and not go to OT or shootout. Very much a more simple equation for the Winnipeg Jets up there in that all-Canadian North Division. Mm-hmm. If they beat Calgary in regulation tonight, they will go ahead and be in the playoffs, that fourth team, because right now that order, or that third team, rather, Toronto and Edmonton are going to make it mm-hmm. out of that Canadian division. And then Winnipeg and Montreal right now are kind of in the catbird seat for three and four, respectively. Calgary and Vancouver still mathematically alive. Vancouver's got a lot of games to make up due to the, all the COVID pauses mm-hmm. they've had. But for all intents and purposes, you got to think the Canucks are out of it. The Jets can make the playoffs. 
Even though they've lost seven straight. Yes. Wow. How's that? Yeah, says a lot. To, that that North that division, division, that all Canadian division, is clearly the weakest division. No disrespect to our friends <laughs> up north, but <laughs> it is clearly the weakest division. Mm-hmm. I think of the four. Maple Leafs have basically led all year. Edmonton has basically yep. been in second all year. So. We shall see what happens there in terms of the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to give value to somebody like the Leafs, but I don't know if the Leafs are going to be taken as seriously as some of these other teams, the Pittsburghs, the Carolinas, the Capitals, the Bruins, and then the teams down south. Good point. Um, it's it's going to be about defending, too, because, again, when it comes to the playoffs, it's about goaltending and defending. So, yes. these, you know, look, we know Vancouver – uh, I mean, the Edmonton can score goals. McDavid leads uh, mm-hmm. the league, I think, in, in hat tricks, uh, one of the leading scorers. You got Toronto, which is a, a high scoring team as well. But it is the playoffs. You get these short series. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, remember, I think the, the, they're going to play within the division. So it's going to be an extension of what the season's been like, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, bear that in mind. And uh, I think that's where you're going to see some very interesting uh, matchups and results uh, come, uh, come playoff time. So we are in Las Vegas. We have a lot of VGK fans. They were probably not very happy about how the game played out for them against the Wild uh, last time. But the Wild and the Golden Knights going at it again tonight, just about an hour after this show ends. VGK currently number one in the West, Mm -hmm. two points ahead of the Avalanche, four points ahead of the Wild for third. Just, it's going to be interesting game. Uh, the the Golden Knights they've had trouble with the this, they've lost five straight uh, mm-hmm. to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and they had a two goal lead midway through the uh, uh, the third period the other night, uh, and surrendered three goals. And you have to give the Wild credit. This team never quits. They continue to just come at you, uh, no matter what the score is. And again, as I mentioned, uh, not only four back of the Golden Knights mm-hmm. in third, two back of Colorado. So it's the Knights. Uh, the Avalanche and the Wild here uh, that are going to decide. The Wild are not out of the the the, the possibility of mm-hmm. winning the division. Yeah. I mean, and again, if they're they, a wild card. Yeah, they, they are the <laughs> team that's ignored too because all yes. season long we kind of yes. think, okay, VGK and the Avs eventually are going to be on a collision course, and right. they still very well mm-hmm. may be. But the Minnesota Wild just kind of been hanging in there, yeah. thirty-three, fourteen, and four. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of publicity on this team. Not a lot of stars on this team, but they get it done. And the interesting thing, to, so Flurry goes tonight. Flurry has a losing record against. Minnesota too in his career, by the right. way. So for the Knights, tonight, some of those games played up at Tahoe yes. too, right? Yeah, uh, they played Colorado, Colorado up there. Yeah, but the uh, the Knights are going to need uh, Pacioretty back. He did not play Monday night, nor did Nosek, and they mm. are questionable tonight too. So again, check uh, check lineups as uh, in hockey, just like we uh, we uh, recommend. For and all uh, to add to that, Max Pacioretty a no go tonight. Well, he is not going to go. Neither is Tomas Nosek. So we have seen a little bit of move in the market. I think the Wild were about a buck ten in terms of an underall price at home. Now you're basically seeing him even money yeah. plus a dollar and a penny or a dollar two somewhere around there so Minnesota Wild taking the money over has been bet a little bit now up to six up to six yeah I was gonna say I did play the over on this game the other night it hit in the start of the second period this game finished with 11 goals so I would even look at the over again tonight as Wes said already getting bet up a little Mm -hmm. bit other game going on tonight stars at lightning some playoff implications here the stars are four points behind the predators for final central division playoff spot with four games left 
but they've lost four straight. So yeah. a lot on the line here. And as Vinny mentioned, defense really going to come into play here. And the Lightning, a hard team to defend against. Yeah, and they've, uh, they're the opposite. I mean, they've won five of six. So Stars have to finish the season two on the road. I mean, they had that uh, the, uh, difficult start to the mm-hmm. season. Of course, they had COVID issues there. Uh, that really they haven't recovered from. Uh, but the Lightning here, and then Lightning pressing uh, at home to become the number one seed uh, in, in their division. So uh, Stars have their work cut out for them here. And uh, right now, the Lightning, sixty favorites, the total on a game, five and a half under minus 40. That's almost five. And Tyler Sagan just recently came back, but it might be too little too late. It seemed like Dallas, their body language when they lost yeah. that OT game in Florida on Monday night mm-hmm. was kind of like, okay, we gave it our best. This is probably <laughs> over for us, but they are getting the money tonight a little bit in certain spots at a dog price. Because down they have about, more to play for? Well, probably because this is an elimination scenario. Tampa Bay, they have seeding to play for, yep. but Tampa right. Bay for the better part of intensive purposes in the playoffs already and uh, that's a a lot of interesting games mainly from a storyline standpoint Caps and Rangers are we going to see a little bit of a of a fight with the Tom Wilson incident the other night Rangers Mm -hmm. now out of the playoffs Caps getting the money it was an act of violence yeah yeah Yeah. more than just a fracas or a little kerfuffle (laughs) I shall say so yeah So we'll see what happens there. By the way, the Rangers' new president and GM, some firings in the front office. Chris Drury, the former longtime NHLer, now the new president and GM for the New York Rangers. And uh, no Ovechkin or Panarin tonight in this game. Ovechkin for the Caps. I think Panarin's out for the Rangers tonight. So, by the way, Ranger fans considered that a felony the other night. They did. (laughs) All right, stick with us. It's Wes's favorite topic next, the Wells Fargo Championship, right here on My Guys in the Desert. OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. I need some up-to-the-second info from Wes Reynolds on our no-hitter, the Orioles and the Mariners. What's going on? And it is still a no-hitter and out here at the warning track. So John Means still good through seven and a third innings on his no-hitter. Not a perfect game, by the way, so I want to correct that error I made earlier. The suits here at Beeson are going to take me out back here and beat the hell out of me for making that <laughs> error. But uh wanted to correct that for the record. But we do have a no-hitter, Tom Murphy up at the dish for Seattle one out here in the bottom of the eighth John means currently in terms of his pitch count I believe John means right now is at 91 pitches so I you got to think they're going to have him go the distance he did get some insurance Trey Mancini what a great story he is uh having to have cancer treatments and three run Mm -hmm. homer he's been killing it uh so far this season for the Baltimore Orioles but no hitter still very much alive here in Seattle 
Okay, so we'll keep you guys up to date on that as we go through the Wells Fargo Championship. I know Wes shot long shots, VEASAN's long shot show yesterday, so he is all pumped for this segment. Uh, so who do you have, who do you like in this Wells Fargo Championship this weekend? Yeah, just to give a little preview, a very good tournament, a really good field we have here, 11 of the top 20 mm -hmm. in the official world golf rankings, or OWGR. So got a lot of really good players here. This isn't the last tournament before the PGA. We do have one more next week, the 18th. But you said not as many big names in that one. No, no. Yeah. Uh, a couple are going to be there next week in Dallas. But by and large, this is the last tune-up before the PGA, which we were going to have at Kiwa Island down in South Carolina. So a lot of big names in this field. Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McIlroy, a two-time winner here, albeit not in very good form. Rory actually won his first PGA Tour event all those years ago in 2010. He would certainly like to find that form when he was the more cherub-faced, chubby, curly-haired Rory, <laughs> not the buff and jacked, uh, short-haired Rory McIlroy. So maybe maybe just eat some ding-dongs or just eat bad and gain some weight and you can regain your form. I don't know. This it's never worked for me, but... <laughs> you, I mean, round is a form. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We've, we've taken money on Rom and uh, Thomas here. They uh, Rom opened at ten to one. He's down to eight, and Thomas from twelve down to ten. Now this course is one of the longer courses on the on mm -hmm. the tour. Is that right? Yes. That, so talk a little bit about that and why and who you like. Is it, does it favor the long hitters? And uh, because we talked of that, about Bryson right? yesterday. Yeah, that's the angle I'm going to look at here. Yeah. It's about seventy five hundred and fifty yards, give or take a couple. Par seventy one. Only Beth Page Black up in New York, which has hosted the. PGA Championship a couple times in years past and as well as the U.S. Open is a longer course so I did think you had to be a little bit longer off the tee I went with Bryson DeChambeau at 15 to 1 nice. first in strokes gained off the tee first in strokes gained ball striking tee to green proximity gain from 200 plus yards on approach second in strokes gained par 5 fifth in strokes gained par 3 from 200 to 225 yards in which three of the four par 3s are of that length so Bryson DeChambeau, Victor Hovland, guy peaking at the right time. I also bet him already for the PGA. 20 to 1 this week. Low round last Sunday at the Valspar. Rallied to finish T3. Just one spot outside the OWGR top 10. So the Norwegian, I think he is going to be due to win some big events here. Of course, people remember him. He was a, a top player at Oklahoma State that won the national championship a couple years ago. Already has a couple wins, but against weaker fields, it's time for him to, I think, show out against a big boy field. And he certainly has that this week. Will Zalatoris, 30 to 1, another young player, just 24 years old. Kind of a top 20 machine lately, right? Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. And he was right there at the Masters, if you recall, finished runner up, played his college golf at Wake Forest. So he's back in the state of North Carolina. The week after the Masters, probably a letdown spot from being a runner up in a major. And he was 42nd down in South Carolina. But this could be a good venue for him. And this has been a successful tournament in the past in terms of maiden young PGA Tour winners. Anthony Kim, if you remember when he used to play golf, in 2008 won his first event here. Rory back in 2010. Ricky Fowler in 2012. 
also won his first event on the PGA Tour here. So could be a spot for Zalatoris. Joaquin Neiman, 35-1. to 1. I had him last week. Unfortunately, didn't make a move on Sunday. Tie for eighth. But another guy that gains a lot off the tee. So I took him. Another guy I took last week that didn't really feature on the weekend was Sun J.M. He was 30-1 to 1 like last week. Now he's drifted up to 50-1. to 1. Really good on these Bermuda greens. Always seems to gain off the tee, despite the fact that he's not a real bomber mm-hmm. like Bryson DeChambeau. But I think off the tee is going to be a little bit more beneficial than approach. And then I'll finish out with the two longer odd guys. Emiliano Grillo, 66 to one, was actually T2 after round one last week with the 66 on Thursday. And then he bloomed and shot 76 on Friday to miss the shot by one, uh, to miss the cut really by one shot. Mm -hmm. Second at the RBC a couple weeks ago. Really right behind Bryson DeChambeau in terms of all those model stats that I use this week. Strokes gained off the tee, proximity from 200 plus, so could be off the radar. And then my last guy to fill out the card was, in fact, Ricky Fowler, who has seen his better days. Maybe he can get back, but... Yeah, uh, 80 to 1. And he's ranked 116th now in the world. I was looking at the rankings. I was like, wow, Ricky Fowler ranked that low, but he's been poor really Mm -hmm. over the last year plus uh so he got into the pga here in a couple weeks uh Mm -hmm. because the pga of america gave him an invitation Mm -hmm. he would not have qualified for that field based on that ranking Mm -hmm. so maybe a little bit of motivation and he's always played well here he won here of course his first win in 2012 has three other top five so if there's a place maybe he can get right and have a little bit of comfort it could be here at quail hollow Certainly needs a tune-up before yeah. the PGA. Yes, he does. He, he needs a lot of work. He's really been messing with his swing, just has not been playing well. His best finish this year was a T-17, his last tournament four weeks ago at the Valero Texas Open down in San Antonio. So we're not used to that with Ricky Fowler. It used to be when, when uh, Matt Humans and I, I think a, couple, a few years ago, remember when he finished all top five in all four mm-hmm. majors? And we bet him in every major, and we has thrown so much money over the years at Ricky Fowler. Matt Humans is loving him and leaving him now and not betting him anymore. He's been hurt but I'm going much. back for seconds here. He, he's uh, he's always been on the left side of our uh, of the column, left side being all the favorites. And now right? you look on now the right and he's like he down at the bottom it right quadrant. Doesn't look right at 80 to 1, but to your point, the way he's played. How about the matchups, uh, Wes? Uh, you you got some matchups, yeah, head-to-heads, right? I went with yeah. Zalatoris, and, and I'm usually better on the outrights and the props than I am on the matchups and all full disclosure. But <laughs> <laughs> Zalatoris over Max Homa. Now, Max Homa actually is the defending champion here. One here in 2019. Mm-hmm. The event was not held last year due to COVID-19. Max Homa actually won that event at 500 to 1. And now since then, he's kind of raised his profile as a player. He won at the Genesis Invitational out mm-hmm. there in Pacific Palisades at Riviera Country Club, just outside of L.A. So, He's a shorter odd guy now. Now he's in the 30-ish to one range, mm-hmm. kind of that mid-30 spot. Uh, Lanto Griffin over Charles Schwartzel. Who, uh, Charles actually played well last couple of weeks. Lost in that playoff in New Orleans with his buddy Louis Ustase and his fellow South African. They lost to Team Australia, Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman in that team event down there at the Zurich. And then he had a decent finish at the Valspar. So I thought he was a little bit overvalued. I saw some sharp guys kind of fading him this week too. So I followed along. Aaron Wise minus 110 over Darren, Denny McCarthy. Aaron Wise 
has played well here over the years. Not in really good form right now, but has played well over the years here against Denny McCarthy. Denny McCarthy, by the way, is number one on tour for strokes gained putting. He's probably, if it was just a putting contest, he'd be my first draft pick, really, on the PGA Tour. But the problem is getting on the greens to make those putts. Sometimes those big putts he makes are for par and not for birdie because he is very erratic on his approach shots. Now, I know you said this is not as big of a championship, obviously, with the PGA coming up, and you've already put down a bet on Hovland. Uh, Vinny, have you already started to see money come in for the PGA? Is there anything that oh. people should be looking at now? Or, Wes, is this a good time to be making those bets because the odds are only going to go down as we get closer? PGA, because it's one of the majors, right. uh, it, and again, it, it's gotten because it's gotten moved to May, mm -hmm. we've seen more, more more action on it. I mean, it's still the fourth, you know, it's, it's still right. the Masters U.S., uh, British and then uh, the PGA, but the fact that it's positioned where it is now, we've started to see a lot more uh, activity, particularly on the favorites: DJ, Rom, Justin Thomas, DeChambeau. Yeah, no shot. Spieth as well now, right down to fourteen mm. to one. And the thing is, with this market, you are not going to mm -hmm. get the the names Vinny mentioned at the top of the board: DJ, Rom. No. You're not going to see those prices drift up all that much on these guys. Okay, so so can... there's no real rush right now, I yeah. think, to bet the favorite. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is try to time the market and see if you can get some guys down the board and then maybe all of a sudden you got some price equity like let's say you got a hundred to one guy and he wins here this week or maybe he wins in dallas mm -hmm. next week at the nelson then all of a sudden you're looking at him at like 50 to one right or 40 to one so a lot of the futures markets when you do this isn't just betting to win it's kind of really gauging the price of where a player should be. And just a lot of it is timing the market really, because these are up. The masters are up the longest because there's that longest layoff between them. Mm -hmm. So right. a lot of books will have the masters that's held in April, usually up like November, December, or January. Now with the PGA, these have only been up since the masters. Right. So only a month in between. And that's going to be the same thing for the U S open at Torrey Pines next month. Cause right. that's in mid June father's day weekend. So, those will be up probably a day or two after the PGA and then the Open Championship over in England will be up immediately after the U.S. Open. Great Father's Day gifts, by the way. Future tickets. Get out there, kids. <laughs> Shop for dead. All right. Speaking of timing here, Wes, we have Orioles and Mariners going on. Still a no-hitter through eight innings. We're in the top of the ninth. How many pitches are we at now, Ben? John means at 101 pitches, yes. 11 strikeouts through eight innings. Not a perfect game, but a no-hitter going here in the ninth. You got to think with that insurance three-run homer Trey Mancini provided in the top of the eighth. 101 pitches, you're going to let a guy get a no-hitter. You're not going to take him out here. And uh, if I was a pitcher, I'd be uh, spitting fire if, the, oh, if yeah. the skip was going to take me out. You know, leave me in until my arm falls off at this point. And he's all by himself there on the bench, too. Nobody talking to Yeah, him. exactly. Leave the guy alone. Because it's kind of like that thing on social media. No hitter alert. And then somebody gets a hit. Oh, you jinxed him. Yeah, thanks <laughs> yep. for All nothing. my fault. All my fault. We'll keep an eye on that. We have a lot more coming up in hour two of My Guys in the Desert.